Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the final video podcast of the whole 115 yards for 2023. I can't believe, Lindsay, when I was looking through some of our memories, how many games have gone to, how much we've covered, and just how much our brand has grown since January. How are you? How's Christmas been? Um, I'm good, thanks. Uh, quiet Christmas, um, but a nice Christmas all the same. How about you? Yeah, it's really nice. Thank you. Spent it with family, um, went up my mum and dad's for Christmas, and then we've got um, my wife's parents down with us for New Year. So, yeah, it's been really family orientated. So, it's been really nice. Um, missing the football, of course. Absolutely. I was um, going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I was going to wear a Christmas jumper, but I thought my new Leon shirt uh, would, would do well in the background. But what we really want to talk about is our year. And the yeah. sort of are and all of those things. So, shall we get into it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, awesome. So, we just wanted to, because we realised we haven't done this for a couple of weeks uh, because of life. We thought we'd have a quick recap of our last game against Brighton. Looked back at the highlights, haven't we? Trying to refresh our memories. It was a few weeks ago. That game, that one nil scoreline, was mad, wasn't it? Considering how we played especially in the second half and um, what what were your thoughts on that match I thought we didn't take our chances and because mm. we didn't take our chances we were lucky to hold on to that lead but again the refing was a bit interesting um it's one of the better ones but I think yeah. if that if, if that that tree first tree goal had been allowed in and then that second one had gone in then Brighton's heads would have gone down and it would have been 3-4-0 and I think that was a bit different but it, we looked a better team and we looked like we were, we were clicking we're still clunky we're still not there yet but it feels like it's starting to come together and I think the Conti Cup fixtures are helping with that because we're playing lower teams which allows us time on the ball to work out our tactics and get confidence and then come back into the league. And also we've played all the big um the big teams already, haven't we, at the start of the season. So we've got them yeah. out of the way and now we just let's get the points on the board. What about you? I mean, was it offside? Was it? It was it was marginal, wasn't it? Um but yeah, no, I agreed with the ref and I thought um because part of the chat where we were talking to the other fans in the fan group, weren't we? Um, and some people thought it was really horrendous, but generally I thought it was all right. Yeah, there was a couple of calls missed, but it was missed on both sides. It wasn't heavily against yeah, no us. Or... That, that, yeah, it was, just, it was inconsistent for both teams. I could see frustration for both teams rather than the usual one where it's like one team gets completely penalised and another one gets away with murder. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, Mars Pacheco getting her first red card. <laughs> Um, I thought, I mean, the time-wasting one, I mean, sh- should she have gone with time-wasting? I looked at that and I'm not sure if there was it was time-wasting or she was waiting for the ball to come because of the That's what I thought, girl. yeah. So that's where I was like, hmm. But then the second one was a bit naughty, wasn't it? Let's be honest. And she should have known better. She? She's got the experience to know better than that, to put a tackle like that in. And yeah. she knew she was going from the minute she did it. So it was like, you know, if you want an early bath, go for it. But, you know, what a what a clanger to drop. And she didn't even protest. She just was like, yeah, okay, and walked off. So Yeah, she just knew, didn't she? As soon as that yeah. contact was made, she was like, yeah, okay, I'm gone. <laughs> um, yeah, but generally I thought, but like you said, it was, because um, I remember writing uh, the blog for that game and just thinking, 
we were clicking and there was moments where it was like, oh, we're finally that team at the end of last season yeah. again. We've said for a while, it's time, haven't we? And yeah. just time to get to know each other again and make those new relationships. And because we need to remember, we've had new players in who haven't really had that much experience in this league. I think Dree's playing the most she ever has, which thank God, uh, because she needs to be playing. Um, but people like Ebony Salmon have always said, you know, they just need time to adjust. And unfortunately, our time to adjust has been against Arsenal, Man United, Man City, Chelsea, the people who, you know, you don't want to be finding your feet against. Yeah, I think now we've got we've got that spark back. So it'd be really interesting. We're going to talk about the transfer window in a moment, but who we bring in to really solidify it. Because did you see Carla Ward saying that actually we're only one point behind where we were this time last year? Yeah. And considering how we finished... That, it was that January cool. window, wasn't it? That the, the signings in the January window made a, a lost team cohesive and then push on up the table. So, I think if we make the right signings in, well, in, well, from tomorrow, isn't it? Then we can really get there. I really think we've got another chance for another push because we predicted Jordan Nobbs and Lucy Stand in we last time um, to come in, and we got them. And they've been such. A phenomenal addition to the team haven't they but this year without a world cup push without an olympics push without anything really it would be interesting to see who does actually move or if people are quite happy to stay till the summer so we've kind of touched on where villa are now what kind of positions do you think we need to fill or even just add a bit more depth to in this window if we can right so we know that we need potentially another goalkeeper because we were nearly in a position where we needed an emergency loan because yeah. uh, Sophia's out with injury and that's not going to be a quick injury she's going to come back from. Um, so wishing her all the best. Shoulder? shoulder, yeah, shoulder. Yeah. So I think she had surgery on it, if I remember right. So, you know, we want to get her, get her better soon, but we can't rush that because she's so young and it could cause a long-term damage. So we want her to be back as soon as possible. Uh, so get well soon. Absolutely. Sophia, um, but she's out. Um, Anna Lee is doing okay at the moment. She's really trusted goalkeeper um big fan of her but she can't do it on her own um and then Daphne's carrying a knot which she's carried all season by the Mm. looks of things and possibly through the world cup as well and it's like do we need another goalkeeper we can't rely on the youth because Sophia's our youth and Sophia's injured so you know do we need a temporary goalkeeper to do a bit of a, a Chelsea in our four goalies, but do we need to do that and have someone on loan? Defence-wise, I'd like to see another defender yeah. um, or someone that plays like Lucy Parker, that does like defence in midfield that can play, play that role that Corsi is playing at the moment mm-hmm. or play at the back to help um, Patsy and Dan because I think if either of them gets injured or a, a red card, we're struggling for defenders because well, um, we saw Dan sorry to interrupt but when Dan was injured that last match um yeah it it shook things up a bit didn't it so we need exactly like you said someone to come in who's as good as Dan and Lucy and kind of put put that graft in um but yeah continue to and then um I want someone in the field and I've got my eye on someone um who I don't think people I don't think she's on a lot of she's on people's radars, but I don't I don't know if she'd make the move. That's the thing. But I know who I'd, I'd like to see in the field. And then up front, I think we just need to get our strikers fit mm. because, and firing and get the confidence 
back in so it's going to involve extra time on the training ground obviously not on about Rachel Daly because Rachel Daly can find the goal from the car park but I, I want to get um you know get Ebony get getting the confidence side as well because yeah, she's got the power um yeah so yeah she just needs to utilize her she just needs confidence and I think the cup games already help her with that yes and size brilliant and then you've got Kirsty bombing down the wings you've got Alicia you've got um Dree they're all coming into their own I just need to click and find each other because so many games we've had where Dree and Kirsty have been screaming for the ball on the other side of the yeah. pitch in acres of space and nobody's found them they're too busy focused on the centre so we need to yeah. work about stretching that ball play and then giving it to the people that can bomb down and put a ball in and even if you know it's Rachel Corsi like in, in the in the Durham game that comes in and heads it in or taps it in or whatever or Dan Turner yeah. or Anna Patton it doesn't matter who it is but if there's body in there then it makes all the difference and I know that's not going to help Rachel for a golden boot but um yeah it's just doing our best so the person that I would really like to come in there we go yeah is um Katrina Cool from Arsenal because she's not getting that many minutes at Arsenal True. Um, she's young which is what we need because if we've been with yeah. Denise O'Sullivan which is fine but she's not we've got a lot of older players and I think we need some youth involved and I yeah. think if we have someone like Cool. Then I think whose name I'm really struggling with, so I do apologise. Cool, um, it's fine. And, <laughs> so, um, so I think if we have someone like her who works hard, is very disciplined, um, plays internationally, has got a lot of confidence. She's what 23, 24, isn't she? Or she have I got her mixed yeah. with someone else? But you know, she's young. She goes in with a mix of players that we've already got. Um, she's not, she's not got an ego problem or an attitude problem. She's displayed, when she's played for Arsenal, she's displayed pure confidence. And I think it would help her get minutes to get back into the Arsenal team. So she wouldn't be alone to buy or alone to necessarily develop for Arsenal to benefit from. But I think it would just be giving her minutes. Her experience. And then we've Mm. got that extra block in the middle to give... Lucy Stan a break, and Lucy Parker a break. Because Lucy Parker gets kicked left, right, and centre. Lucy Stan comes yeah. off looking like she wants to retire after every game because she's played her heart and soul out. So if we know that you know, we're not necessarily keeping these players, then it would be good to have someone in there just to get in and about it. But yeah, I'd like to see a defender. I'd like to see a goalie. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to see cool. Um, but it probably won't happen. But I, I, can, I can manifest it, and I'd love to see it. <laughs> We can put her on our wish list, can't we? Uh, yeah, she's 20, she's... by the way. Yeah. 20. But to have that talent at 20, I mean, if you look back to kind of when we met, we were, well, I was 20, you were 45. Um, yeah. But, <laughs> but like, we were, like, just to have that at 20 is just phenomenal. Like, this next generation of footballers, well, the generation we've got now, but especially the next generation, like, I, I have the best jealousy for them, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like to have and those the, opportunities. The other thing about her is that she's already in the WSL. She's already adjusted to the WSL. So it's not like it's... buying from abroad that's got to settle in. She already knows how to play. She's played at a high level, arguably a higher level because she's done Champions League, higher level than what she would be playing with us. But Arsenal aren't in the Champions League. They're out of the Champions League. So it's not going to affect silverware. So realistically, yeah. it would be it would be a good opportunity for her to 
get some minutes in the tank, um, play a little bit differently, learn learn new, and then go back and be like, right. I'm- yeah, because we talked about Gio as well from Arsenal, didn't we? Um, a player that couldn't even get registered this season. Yeah. Um, so just, but then I suppose actually still being able to kind of train and be around the Arsenal setup, that's a valuable experience. But actually now, do you think, do you think we could use her? Or do you think she was better off going to, because it was Real Madrid she was linked to, wasn't it? I wouldn't personally have her because she needs a lot of work. And she's a very talented mm. player. She's a very good player. But her personal discipline isn't the best. And it's, I think it's frustration and youth. And I think if she can get, she can channel that energy constructively, then she'll be a really good player. But for me, at this moment in time, I wouldn't be interested because I think it would disrupt the team. Then I don't think that's going to help. So, yeah, that's that's what I would do personally. But I think she's a really good player. I do think she's a really good player. Mm, lots of potential there. Again, it's finding that right mould, isn't it? And that right, um, yeah. that right coach. Because we've seen with Lauren James, Man United. Yeah. Um, but then moves to Chelsea, gets Emma Hayes, you know, gets the right person for her. And then suddenly, yeah. you know, she can she can become that superstar um, that people know and love. We also talked about as well, just looking at um, the Arsenal squad, um, Noelle Moritz as well. Yeah. There's a rumour that she she might be might be going. Again, probably, again, no disrespect, probably on the older side of the squad, but phenomenal player. Could she, would you like to see her come in? If we I'd can? To, I, I don't think we'll get her. I'd love to see no, her. I don't think it's realistic, um, but I'd love to have her. I'd love to have her if we could, um, just for the experience um, at, at the back and to help what we have solidify, because I don't think Rachel Corsi's got many years left in her and it would be good to have that extra experience that as we lose Rachel to injuries and, and she plays less and less time, I think it would be better to have someone to come in and kind of take over that um, mothering mothership role um, and and guide the youngsters. I mean, I, I know Dan Turner is mature and and everything, but you know, if she gets injured, then we haven't got anything. Although Patsy's really good for her age, yeah. I just I just think we just need an extra little bit of experience. We just need someone in that middle age bracket, don't we? Kind of mid twenties. Um, so they've got the experience, they've got the quality, they've proved themselves, played at various levels. Um. And they can, but they're not at that further end. Because I think, aren't we the oldest average age squad? Something like that. The oldest. We've got the young, some of the youngest players in the league and the mm. oldest. I was, I did see a rumour as well about um, Sydney Lawman. Um, yeah. I don't know how much you know about her, um, from Bayern, saying that she would like to stay at Bayern, but actually... Um, She's had offers from multiple clubs and she's open to moving elsewhere. Um, that could be good. Again, doubt we'll get her. But you never know. It's a new challenge. She might fancy it. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I'll be open to anybody, to be fair. It's just it's just getting someone... Just open that... the door. Come in. Yep. Anyone who will help <laughs> strengthen the squad. Um, but we also said we found it interesting that how different managers kind of approach it. And I was reading an article on ESPN and it said um, kind of what each team wants at this point. And for pretty much all of them, it was 
they, they don't really need anyone. They did their business in the summer. And if they do, it'll be one or two, possibly. So you were saying, ideally, we need another goalkeeper, just in case. We need defender and a midfielder. Yeah. Yeah. But then we were saying it was interesting that um, Jonas has come out and said, well, actually, no squad is permanent. And he can see players coming in and out in the transfer window, which led us back to Lena Hertig, um, again, one of my favourites, because it just shows you how some players suit different leagues. Um, and, you know, when Lena was in Italy, she really suited that style of player. She was really you know, a standout player, hence why she came to Arsenal. But because she hasn't really fit into that Arsenal mould um, or that Arsenal vision, um, she's, you know, she's picking up injuries because she's not playing. But then you see a player for a national team and it's like, there's the player, you know, that's that's what they bought her for. Um, so it's just a case of having that confidence to then go, well, actually, do I want to be on the bench knowing, you know, this is kind of my prime or do I give it more time, see if I break in or do I find another club in the same league that is actually going to play us and I can start to adapt to the WSL? Because we've seen that with a couple of players, haven't we? The kind of come in and either they've hit the ground running like um again going back to Arsenal Pullover and Cool came in together Pullover yeah. taken off starting 11 um really impactful player and then Cool is good when she gets on but it's the same as Herzig kind of that haven't really found their place yet so so what do you think if you were them would you would you stay put till the summer or would you try and get on lawn get some minutes see where you end up well, I was also thinking Alex Morgan, oh, another, Alex Morgan was another one that came and just didn't, was a lot of hype around her and she just kind of flopped when she came. Yeah. So I think it's, it is a hard league to adjust to. But I think if I was them, yeah. I'd be like, I'll go on loan for the summer as a shop window for myself to get minutes to see if I can actually deliver and then come back and be competitive and be like, well, I've been playing, you know, week in, week out for my team. Um and then, you know, if I get injured, then I just come back to Arsenal and and, and recover. Um, and then, you know, get my my agents to be looking for offers in the summer. I'm surprised that Lena didn't go after the World Cup because that was her best opportunity to get out of there. Yeah. So I just think... So I was expecting it to be So mm. I think her going out on loan would benefit her. But then it's where she would end up. Yeah. I, I don't know where she'd go. Um, but... Possibly. I'm thinking because she had that Italian background, would she be better off going to Everton where there's Yaya and Martina? Yeah. So that base there possibly? Because, um, again, Everton are looking to build, aren't they? So Yeah, it's... definitely. But then they had Geo, didn't they, last season and they didn't do anything with her and they got really frustrated that they didn't do anything with her and they just sort of left her to her own devices. So I don't yeah. know if that would necessarily be the best setup, but I don't know where. <laughs> I can't see her going Bristol City or somewhere like that. So it's like, where where mm. is she going to go? Because mm. um, West Ham, I mean, they've got the sign-ins of the window already. Um, yeah. Christy Mewis for definite. Interesting she went to West Ham. Do you think... She thinks she'll, because we know she's good, but they've made a lot. I mean, her announcement video was incredible. But what do you reckon her kind of real impact is going to be in that team? I think 
because I can't call it. I think she, I think she will make an impact, but I think at first it'll be subtle, and once mm. she hits the ground running, she'll be better because what she's got is, although they're enemies on the pitch, she's got Sam who can give her like Viv and Beth. If you look at Viv and Beth, Beth's game has improved since being around Viv more, mm. and I think with Sam being the experienced player that she is, and she can give feedback, and I think I think she really will kick on but it's a really good shot window for her to go to West Ham because if she'd gone Spurs then there's too many big names to compete with whereas at West Ham she would be the headliner and she's a bit of a she's got a bit of that character isn't she she likes to be the look at me look yeah. at me which you know it's, it's good to be like that you know not, not everybody's like that but it's good to be like that so I think It'll be a really good starting point for her at West Ham. I think that's the right team for her. And then she can move on, depending on, you know, whether she sinks or swims in the league, to other teams. Um, so, yeah, I think I think she will make an impact. I think she'll be one to watch. I think she'll be a dark horse. So, I think it's going to be an interesting rivalry because there's a lot of Amer- players from America that are in the WSL now. And I think that would be really yeah. good for them to link up. So... I'm nervously excited. I'm not looking forward to playing against them, but um... because reports are uh, they're getting Katrina Gorry as well, who linked with us, stolen again, Um, and then Charlie Grant. She Spurs rumor. Yeah, but they were meant to be moving in the summer, weren't they? And then they never did. So I don't know because they've got a different season, haven't they? Yeah, there's that, and also there's um, the World Cup. There wasn't the rest time. And I think it was just sort of mm. go from one to the other. I think they just needed a bit more time to come down from that World Cup. Yeah, and you'd rather they do that somewhere where they're kind of safe and they know. Yeah. Um, so there's no pressure of that new environment. Yeah, perfect. Okay, well, what we are going to do, because um, our predictions were on point last time, um, we're going to have another little think and then we'll post it on our socials, who we think Villa might try and get. Um, in this window uh, oh I wanted Yolanda from uh, Sevilla as a goalkeeper because uh, I've seen she's made she's their second goalie but she's made a few appearances because I was looking at again league stats trying to see who we could steal who who would try and get minutes but yeah she's been really reliable so yeah so I mean I'd like to see her again doubtful I think she's in contract I can't remember but it was it was soon whenever it was so even a loan would be would be interesting. We'll leave that transfer window talk there then. What we really want to do this episode, wasn't it, is kind of reflect on our year as kind of a brand, as a football team, on women's football in general. Um, and we want to kind of go through our favourite memories of the year. But also we've asked some of our friends and listeners um, to send in their favourite memories as well. Um, so I think we should start with us and then we can can listen to some voice notes and we've tried to get to get different thoughts and feelings about the women's game so <laughs> i asked you initially didn't i and you were like I, I can't remember anything that so much has happened what's going on so did you come to your conclusion what what's your favorite memory of 2023 so, so for me i think it's gonna be it's a bit cliche but the world cup for me was the biggest thing not because of the fact that it was a world cup 
um, and we got to see lots of people play from all over the world. It was just what it stood for as a social movement for women's rights and equality and opportunity and how it, it raised the awareness of, you know, the disparity between teams like ours at England that are getting funding and teams that are having to go from me to get, you know, the, the flights and everything. Um, the Jenny Hermosa situation, improving things in Spain. So, and then leading on to the uh, saga with Nike about um, goalkeeper shirts and just how the most pivotal thing in women's football history to date and I just think that, that is a moment that will really stay with me for a long time so it's not to be cliche and be like pick the obvious but I just think that it's a big thing you know obviously there's other little things that mean a lot like when we had the shootout and we won um, we were away in the county cup you know to get get through to play United I think in the semis and stuff like that so there are other moments that were you know really memorable to me Rachel Daly getting the golden boot all these things that are fantastic we met Mas Pacheco and had a chat with her didn't we so there's lots of things that we've 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 done and the thing that I'll take away from this year is the movement that has been going on for many many years and then almost got like a surge of energy to help it keep moving so that's what I was going to go with which is a bit deep for uh, the end of the year but I do apologize how about you (laughs) No, but that's that's um, a sentiment that a couple of the voice notes share because you haven't heard any of the voice notes, have you? No, I haven't. No. So it'd be really good to get to get your thoughts on it um, and have that impact. But yeah, I think so I don't even have words for it. That's kind of kind of this year. It just seems like because obviously we follow women's football for a very long time, and to get to this point, that most people now, even if they're not interested, which is fine, they've still heard something on the news. Or they can say, you know, about Mary Earps, like, oh, yeah, she won that sports personality, didn't she? Female footballers are finally getting recognition and they're finally in the mainstream media. And yes, we've seen sometimes that comes with negative um, side effects. Um, However, the majority of it is so positive because of that change, because of more people getting involved and sharing their thoughts. But I was going back. So I'm going to be posting um, on YouTube a video of our year in football. Um, Got so many (laughs) photos, videos, everything. And it's going to be a mix of us as a pod, us as a social media channel, kind of where we started from, um, because we started writing blogs last November but it wasn't until January that we created 115 yards. Or as you will see, we were the whole 117 yards for about a month because we worked out the yards wrong. (laughs) Um, But it just shows you like from our very first graphic where we've gone. um, And I've also included all the matches we've been to, the matches me and my wife went to as representatives of the whole 115 yards. So yeah, my standout moment from that, because all these memories came flooding back, was actually going to Barcelona and going to the Estadio in Cruyff and seeing the home of Barcelona women and just being in that phenomenal atmosphere. And the thing we've definitely seen this year is just how much of a community and how much of a family football can be. And just being in that environment, watching the best in the world play was just phenomenal. Like I still look back, I've been like, did I actually go there? Did I actually experience <laughs> So yeah, so that was that was my memory going to the Stadio in Cruyff. Um, didn't get to meet Lucy Bronze, still human, um, but I'll have to go back. Wanna? 
I'll just go back next year. But yeah, so that one, that one was mine going to Barcelona. Are you ready for some voice notes? Yes, I am. I am indeed. Good. We've chosen um, nine that we've got. So first one, let's go with, so let's go with Johnny. So Johnny sent us a lovely message. Hey, Freya and Lindsay. My name is uh, Johnny Carpenter. I'm from Ireland. I support Sheffield United. The reason football uh, was great this year is it was great to see the Irish international ladies make their first World Cup appearance. And uh, it's only going to get better for Ireland. And I hope more we get to see more women pundits on Sky because it's well needed. And just to get rid of the haters in the game, like... Johnny's definitely right there, and I think Ireland made it. They were history makers this year, and the credit that they've got um, back home, I, I think it will only open doors with training and resources and equipment and funding for the national team, and hopefully that will um, go down to grassroots. And like Johnny said, with um, the pundits, I think you can have male pundits, and some of them are absolutely shocking. And then you get some that are absolutely fantastic and, and lovely to listen to and draw you in and you're like, I like listening to this. So they get women get a lot of hate. And don't get me wrong, there are some quite poor women pundits, but I look at the pundits that we've got and some of them are fantastic and they're so knowledgeable. And I look back to when Sue Smith did it before Alex Scott did and her knowledge was next level when i was growing up i wanted to be sue smith because her bible of knowledge of every football team whether it was premier league or league two she knew she, she just knew she was she just has that knowledge and i think if we can keep bringing people in it'll be really good we see izzy christensen this this year coming into punditry jilly flatty as well they've been brilliant um and white as well and I think they can do some fantastic analysis. And I think there's some real potential for them. There are other people that are doing it. Uh, Jan Beatty, Rachel Corsi, doing it for the Scottish girls. Um, yeah, I'd like to see some more representation uh, from the teams. And I like how in the women's games, they've started using injured players to come in and pop up on the half-time commentary and, and, and get involved. So it's good that they're giving opportunities to women to progress. So, yeah, long live women in, in punditry and, and men, men in the women's game and women in the men's game. Yeah, thank you, Johnny, for that one. Um, we, I mean, we've talked about it on the pod before, but the year Ireland, the Republic of Ireland team have had Going to the first World Cup, getting the first goal at a World Cup. I mean, that Katie McCabe corner um, will be talked about for years to come. I mean, what a team, what a start. And like Lindsay said, just hopefully this gets the investment, the backing and the opportunity that that team needs. Okay, so the next voice note we're going to listen to is Ellie. And she even got a sister involved as well. Yay. Hi, my name's Ellie. I support Aston Villa Women and meeting Georgia Nobbs has been my whole life this year. She's my idol. For, she's been my idol for years and I've liked her in so many ways. Hi, I'm Danny Watkins. I support Aston Villa Women and the highlight of my year has been going to my first ever England game. Oh, that's amazing. I think a lot of people um, identify with Jordan and she's so good with the fans. Like, 
to meet your idol like is amazing so i'm so pleased i'm so i'm chuffed i'm chuffed thank you so much both for those voice notes i think you're absolutely right ellie meeting your idol is a once in a lifetime opportunity and we're so lucky within the women's game that we get the opportunity to do that probably more often than within the men's game and i know i've been lucky enough to meet um i don't know me and Lindsay have mentioned it before we've met Maz Pacheco had a little had a little chat on the sidelines. Recently met Remy Allen and Lucy Quinn. Um, they were lovely enough to stop and have a chat as well. And you just think there are some fans who they just want the picture, they just want the selfie. But the majority of fans like us are the ones that really respect the players. And yes, we want that picture or signature, but it's because we value um, the meaning and the importance of that. Um, and yeah, that should never be undermined by anything else that it can turn into. So what a fantastic um, opportunity to meet Jordan. Um, and going to your first England match, that is phenomenal. And hopefully that's the first of many. The uh, first England game, I think if that, that was me, that would be my pinnacle moment as well. Right, so we are going to hear from Julie now. We got to meet Julie um, through the fan club and some of her stories about following the lionesses out um, to Australia are phenomenal. But this is Julie's favourite memory. I'm Julie and I support Aston Villa. My highlight of the year was going to Australia and following the lionesses through all their games all the way to the World Cup final and meeting lots of new friends along the way who will be friends for life. The second highlight, if I can have one, is buying an Aston Villa women's season ticket and again meeting people along the way and they'll be friends for life too. Oh, we love Julie. We do. It just solidifies, doesn't it, that what we said earlier about football being a family. We've now got another lovely member of the fan club um, who we've been lucky enough to meet and this is from Gary, this one. When I moved said I wanted to start following a local team. I started following Aston Villa in the 80s and discovered the uh, Supporters Club. Since joining the Aston Villa Ladies Supporters Club, I just haven't looked back. It's, like, it's one big family. From start to finish, home or away, you know, we've, we've had some fantastic days out. And it's absolutely amazing. I'm, I'm happy to be a part of it. So again, it's the power of the fan club, isn't it, with that one? Um, so I also reached out to our friend Natalie, who we actually went on her podcast in the year with Only One United. Remember that? That seems like ages yeah. ago. Um, and she said this. So my name is Natalie. Um, I'm a Man United fan. Supported them all the time. My best experience of this year was Man United getting Champions League. I think winning the derby right in the second to last game of the season and making Champions League and I was going out to Paris and experienced that and playing Paris at home it was amazing and then obviously our very first um, FA Cup final was amazing going down to London seeing the girls come out at Wembley even though we didn't win just seeing them standing in front of our, in front of the fans thousands sold out you know full Stadium red, it's just means everything. It's going to keep growing. I want people to keep supporting, but supporting in the right way. I think probably one of my downfalls has been 
seeing people abuse and demand of players. We need to stop that. We need to go back to what we were sort of about because they love the fans. I don't want it to turn into a resentment. Um, I want them to keep loving us. So just be careful with what you're doing. But I think this game, we all know women's football is going to keep going, keep supporting, keep coming and supporting Man United or supporting your local team, whatever it is. Because it's going to be a great 2024 and great 2025. Keep going, you know. I just want the best for Man United. And all the girls that play for Man United or previously played or different, you know, clubs that know and support and love and, you know, just take care of everyone. Thanks for having me. Bye. Oh, I love Natalie. Yeah, it was a great one for her, wasn't it? But just imagine getting that first Champions League, though. I mean, that moment would have been incredible. I just want to say I was tearing up when Natalie was talking because of how much passion she talks with. But I know as, you know, if if, if I was a Man United fan, I'd be feeling exactly the same. So, and she's so passionate. Like, even that we we fight when we feel a play, play United. But, um, so thanks for that, (laughs) Natalie. That's that's great. And it's a really good point raised about respecting the players because that's been a big issue for Man United. Um, this season, well, last season and this season. So I think she's raised some really valid points there. Absolutely. And her talking about kind of respecting the players and that kind of that mental health aspect, which I know you um, really, really champion. I mean, we both do, but you, you in particular always make a point of saying, look, we need to look out for players' mental health, don't we? Um, And actually, our next voice note from M, who sent us a lovely one, Ash talks about how... I'll let her tell you. Go on, Em. My name's Em, and I support Aston Villa Women. Now, a proud member of Aston Villa Women Fan Club, which has helped me massively and saved me, as I've diagnosed, I'm really struggling with two different types of chronic anxiety. But with a grief, I've come to know and now see it games has helped my recovery and been a great help to me and my mental health. Also, I'm making part of a wonderful, welcoming football family, which I absolutely love. One of my favourite parts of the season is now socialising and seeing awesome bunch of people at games. What an absolute awesome community we now have for Villa Women. One of my other favourites is getting my Hanson shirt signed by Kirsty Hanson herself. Up the Villa and up Aston Villa Women's Football Club. Ah, uh, that's just amazing. I've met Emma and I've actually watched her grow this season with confidence. And, and she's just so so much more relaxed than when she when we first met her and, and that's testament to the work that the other supporters in the in the group have done to make her feel at home but yeah, yeah. the fact that it's helping people be able to be themselves and to be able to make like-minded friends and become part of that family it then reflects back to also feeling um feeling safe as well yeah um I remember saying to you and I went midweek um I went by myself yes I was meeting the supporters club there but it was very much it was the first time I'd gone to a game by myself and because of that safety I've got in that community I felt okay to do that um and yeah I mean that just says everything doesn't it um so this next one is from the lovely Paul who wanted to share this with us I'm Paul, Villa fan of five decades and follower of women's football since 2019. I have a few standout moments for 2023. First, being invited into the social circle of the fans of Aston Villa women after I travelled alone to see the team play Liverpool at Tranmere Rovers ground 
on Sunday the 8th of October. Then the following Sunday, a day out to watch the team face Arsenal at the Emirates in London, getting to know new faces and make new friends on the coach journey down to the capital. The joy of seeing Maz Pacheco give us the lead that we held right up into early time, only to experience the anguish of two goals from the host in defeat. The friends made that day and since have transformed my normal non-existent social life into a world of banter, fun and happiness, and put an end to solo matchday experiences, and even a football family Christmas meal that I could not have envisaged literally a few months before. Football has once again proven to be the glue in the social fabric of life. In a bit philosophical at the end there. Um, yeah. We have a oh, shout out to Kelly for organising that Christmas meal though, because she, she did yes. put some effort in, so big shout out to Kelly. Again, it's that family element. It's just, it's that's what everything is. And the fact that I said, you know, the brief was pick your favourite moment of 2023 and the amount of people that have said, you know, it's it's the fan club, it's the people that make the football, yes. We love the players, we love meeting the players, um, seeing what they can do on the pitch. That Mars Pacheco goal is still one of my favourites. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but it's to people you meet along the way, isn't it? Football unites people from all walks of life. It doesn't matter about how much money you've got. It's about you as an individual. And a lot of people come to the football to get a break from the, the problems that they've got at home or to, you know, celebrate and enjoy and you find people that I know that through the supporters club the people that are going through really tough times with their mental health people that are going through problems with addiction people that are going through problems with you know divorces all that kind of thing and it allows you to be just for 90 minutes yourself and it's something that I like as well because you know being chronically ill and disabled like most of my identity as a person is you know being in a wheelchair but for that 90 minutes or however long I'm at the football I can just be myself and I can be the football fan rather than being you know a person in a wheelchair that's you know poorly all the time or everything and it's just that break from reality and I think that's the one good thing about women's football because with the women it's a lot more about you know being supportive and inclusive and I think that's that's great mm-hmm. and everybody can be safe to be themselves whether you know it's a sexuality or a religious difference or cultural difference we can all understand and support each other and we're also really lucky that another friend of the podcast the lovely Peter from the Everton Sports Association also got in contact and here is what he had to say Peter McFarlane here I'm secretary of the official Everton Women's Supporters Club uh, it's been a topsy-turvy year in so many ways for, for so many Evertonians and uh, with so much going on off the pitch. Uh, so it's been a it's been a tough year uh, for the club as a whole, but certainly in terms of, you know, you know for me as, a, as an Everton women's supporter, um, I, I, I'm ending the year full of pride and, and full of so many happy memories that this incredible team have, have provided for me and, and everyone around me. Uh, it's, it's been a huge year for our supporters club in terms of, you know, growing our support, growing the atmosphere at Welton Hall Park. I think it's something that we're, we're so proud of now, the atmosphere that we generate on a match day and, and the welcome that we can provide to away fans. Uh, I know it's a very difficult place to go to uh, for, for, for a lot of supporters, <laughs> it's fair to be said. Uh, you know, we're certainly not the most high-tech of grounds, but I'm certainly so proud of, of the welcome that we can give uh, to, to any travelling supporters. And, and just to let everyone know, you're, you're more than welcome to, to come and join us going into 2024 but certainly personal highlights uh, other than the people uh, the fantastic people I get to go to the game with every every week 
Um, you know, the the supporters club is full of so many so many great characters. Julie Macon, who runs our supporters club, is an absolute credit to our football club. Someone who's been around uh, the women's team for such a long time, and, and I'm privileged to to be able to help Julie in any way I can. Um, and certainly, she's an inspiration to me as a um, as a supporter and, and just as a person. Um, so Julie's a big highlight for me in terms of my year and every year that I go to support uh, Everton women. So. Um, but in terms of on the pitch, I think the highlight for most of us would be uh, the win at Anfield earlier on this season when we went away. I, I feel that we were we were kind of underestimated going into that. We hadn't had the best of starts to the season, and Liverpool had, had got off to a bit of a flyer as well. And and for us to show the character that we did with missing so many key important players as well to go there and to, to win 1-0 with the Megan Finnegan header in the first half and to see the game out and, and, and really go toe-to-toe with a, a really solid Liverpool side. I think that was that was a moment to be really proud of. So, and in particular, Megan Finnegan as well, a player who we've seen develop um, from from the youth team. She's been at Everton for, you know, since she was a kid and, and she's developed into a top, top-class centre-half now and, and is now captain in the side. So I think that another highlight for me would be seeing Megan Finnegan step up into that captain's role and, and lead the side out now and, and will be leading us going into 2024. So, yeah, it's it's, it's been a, as I say, it's been an up-and-down season, or year, sorry, I should say. It's been an up-and-down year, but, but certainly these players fill me with so much pride and, and give me so much optimism and hope for the future. Uh, we have such a young side, a young developing side, uh, but I believe with this manager that we've got, Brian Sorensen, if he's given time, if the players are coming back from injury and we can we can get some extra investment, depending on, as I say, what happens off the pitch, um, I think we can go from strength to strength. But certainly wishing everyone, um, every supporter from every club, all the best for 2024. Wishing everyone a happy new year and best of luck for the rest of the season. Up the toffees. And Peter there with a message that I think just encapsulates the passion that every single women's football supporter has all around the country. So thank you again for that, Peter. We really appreciate it. And thank you for being a friend of the podcast. And we've got a voice note to add to our lovely list of memories. This one is from Camilla. Now, you might have seen us post. Um, we had our first video podcast with her, um, and I actually went to the Lionesses versus the Netherlands game down at Wembley with her as well. So we've had some fantastic memories together this year, um, and this is her memory of 2023. I am Camilla. I'm an Arsenal and Inter Milan fan, and I'm really grateful to 2023 for a lot of football memories. But probably the one I will cherish the most is uh, when I went to the Emirates to watch Arsenal women. And uh, the reason why is because I felt home in so many ways, especially in the way that football is conceived. If you want to see more of that, um, Camilla did do a, a vlog when she did come over to the Emirates and we talked about it on our podcast as well. So thank you so much, Camilla, for sharing that memory. I know exactly how much that trip meant to you. <laughs> And then the last one, hopefully, that will work is the lady we've heard so much about, the person <laughs> who's started the fan club <laughs> and brought all of our lovely people together, is the lovely Tracy. Yay. Hello, everyone. It's Tracy, a.k.a. Holtienza from the Aston Villa Women Fan Club. Just wanted to share some of my footballing special moments with you from 2023. 
last season we finished in fifth place which was absolutely amazing for Aston Villa women uh, we've had a slow start to this season but I've got every confidence that we can turn that around in 2024 I think the most special thing for me though in 2023 was seeing our footballing community grow within the fan club it's been absolutely amazing the support that we've had from you guys um, whether that's just you guys commenting on Facebook, sharing your experiences on the Facebook page, coming away with us on the away games. It's been absolutely amazing. There is nothing better than watching a game of live football with a bunch of people that share the passion for the game that you love as much as you do. So thank you so much. Here's to 2024. Keep the faith, everybody, and up the villa. What a perfect way to end the pod. Uh, absolutely words there Tracy we can't thank you enough for everything that you've done um, for the fan club and for allowing us to come in and sharing your experiences and thank you very much um, for everything and everyone shares the same sentiment in the fan club as well um, fe- making us feel so included and so welcome um, is is the thing that we, we really take from that so thank you very much uh, I absolutely loved all them as we come to the end um, what are our hopes and dreams for Villa in the coming year so we said we hopefully two or three new players through yeah. the door not two plus two at this point <laughs> um but from how do you want the team to start solutions for the team that that's what we can say your resolution I think the team need to um, communicate better they need to work on their communication and their intuition as to where other players are on the pitch so that we're not getting to a position where, which we've had a little bit last season, but more this season, where there's been two players in the same place, or you know, there's gaps and and players calling for the ball and not getting the ball. I think that that's a big one, um, and also confidence because they all look like they've they've had a dressing down, and they need to believe in themselves because they are all good players, and I just think that if we can bring a little bit of confidence, boss consolidating the areas where we need a little bit of consolidation then we can really really kick on and if if we can get out the bottom of the league and get back up to fifth or sixth then I'd be really really happy this season. And I think because there's not much in it between where we are now I think we're ninth um, I think there's three points between us and relegation so we just need to go out there and not draw points essentially but we need that passion we need that fire don't we and that comes with confidence it comes with time do we still believe in the Carl Award magic we do we do indeed we absolutely do thank you very much for listening thank you very much for watching hope you enjoyed those voice notes as much as we did as well hope you've had a fantastic Christmas if you celebrate but if not hope you've had a nice chilled period um and a very happy new year to all of our followers if you don't follow us across all social media we are at the whole 115 yards everywhere come and find us um and we can't wait to grow our community even more in 2024 so watch out for our montage that will be up on youtube in the next couple of days um and we hope you continue the journey with us but thank you very much and see you next year happy new year